This is Huge Pop Wrestling Podcast. I'm host Huge Pop with Reek Reek. And tonight we have the senior ref of official. He's the man in stripes. He's the big Terry Haas blocker. Welcome to the show, Haas. How are you doing today? Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for coming on. That song, I tell you what, if I could crank that up all day long, I'd be listening to that. That gets you going every time, man. As soon as it continues, oh, man, I want to go out my ring. You can't be no wait. No, you just said something, and I'm, I'm like, dude, how can you turn on those guys? I mean, that they have a, they have probably one of the coolest songs in the world. I they mean, do, you know? they do. Yeah, yeah, I love that song. I love it. So how can you not not like that? So yeah, um, so we also have the story of what we were doing, how when we first recognized that we love the sport of wrestling and love the business of wrestling. So can you take us back to how you became a wrestling fan? Oh, yeah. I, I grew up watching wrestling. I grew up watching the Von Ericks, the Funks. Mm-hmm. I grew up in the panhandle of Texas. So I right. around Amarillo and Lubbock. And, uh, you know, and then, I mean, I watched those guys. I watched Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes was my hero whenever I was a kid. I used to dress up like him. My mother had a coat that had a fur collar. <laughs> I'd put that thing on and come out, you know, and act like I was Dusty Rhodes. Um, but it's just, just growing up around it. My dad used to take us boys to it, uh, you know, every Thursday night there in Amarillo. Yeah. Was that like an armory or was it like at a a Legion hall? Fairgrounds. Fairgrounds. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Did you do the dress up when you went to school and everything? Yeah, I didn't go that far. (laughs) (laughs) I did wear a wig one time with a perm in it, you know, like he had. Uh. One of my favorite lines that Dusty Rhodes goes, I matter of fact, I have it on my telephone with my wife's ringtone. He goes, baby, you're it. <laughs> if you, wait, I know you're it because you got it. Oh, man, <laughs> so, gro- wow. so growing up, did you have a favorite ref? I mean, you're a senior ref, so did you have a favorite ref you to like modeled your you know, the one that sticks out to me whenever I was a kid was Bronco Lubich. You know, from uh, uh he was actually from around the Fort Worth area, but we used to watch that, you know, on, on, uh, Saturday nights from the sportatorium and, okay. uh, yeah, Bronco Lubitsch. I mean, it, he was, I mean, he was old then, you know, but, uh, but yeah, he was one of my favorites. I mean, he, he kept order in that ring. It didn't matter what happened. Nice. Do you watch wrestling today? I do. Yeah. yeah. One of my favorite refs, uh, favorite moments of a ref is that, Blonde-haired, small guy that came running down the ring like a few years back, and he tripped and fell. Yeah, <laughs> I don't remember uh, seeing that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why we remember. I don't know why we remember those things, you know? Because yeah. I'm like, nah. But anyways, it's the little things like that that kind of yeah, like stay in right? your head. So, I, oh. one question about your childhood: Is it true that you graduated from the same high school in Amarillo, Texas, as Ryan Hart? I did. Pascosa High really? School, Amarillo, Texas. 
Nice. nice. Yeah, wow. Rebels. <laughs> Hi, Mom and Dad. How you doing today? Hope you enjoy the show. Um, that's my mom and dad, so. Oh, nice. <laughs> I'm going to get these shoot questions out of the way before I let Rico go. So, of course, you know that I um, care for foster kids, and, of course, we eat dinner together. We sit around the table and try to get these guys as much family experience as they like they haven't had before. So they asked some, they want to know if they can ask you some questions and a really Absolutely. quick question. Yeah. Same questions they asked the other people, but Hey, we'll go for it. What's your favorite food? Uh, favorite food is Whataburger. Whataburger. Does pineapple belong on pizza? No. Okay. Oh, killing me. Favorite movie. <laughs> oh, favorite movie. Oh my goodness. Uh, probably on golden Pond. Okay. I think I know this answer. I think I know this answer. I think I told them what I thought it would be. But favorite book you read? Uh, it's the Bible. I knew that. I, I, okay. Favorite place to vacation? Um, you know, I would say anywhere cool. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I bet from Texas. Yeah, I bet you anywhere cool would probably be it. I go to Michigan. <laughs> there you go. Do you have a pet? Do you have a, any? Do you have any pets? Uh, I do. I have three dogs. Uh, well, actually, one of them is my wife's. I can't stand him. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I have an English bulldog and a, and a bully, and then my wife has a, a weenie dog. Okay. Weenie dog. Yeah. Yep, yep. Ankle biters is what we call them. Yes. Um, so the same person asked about what book you read, like to read. She asked, she wanted to know, what's your favorite Bible verse? Favorite Bible verse? Yes. Is John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. For those who believeth in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Yes. That is what was being preached on the day that I give my life to Christ. Awesome, man. That's yeah. awesome. Yep. Love it. Love it. So Rico. All right, man. Well, firstly, I just want to say, not to throw anything off the show, but just thoughts and prayers to everyone out there in Hawaii that was affected. You know, Absolutely. we are praying for you guys. We just hope and pray everything gets better for you out there. 100%. 100%. Well, Mr. Blocker, like that. So, what actually is the qualifications to become a referee? Oh, wow. Um, you know, you've got to, uh, you've got to be involved. You know, you got to be involved with the wrestlers as far as getting to know them uh, because of the different personalities. Um, you've got to be able to, you got, you got to be able to count to three. <laughs> well, the major major <laughs> qualifications and sometimes these guys don't think think I'm qualified you know well. <laughs> uh, you have to be willing you have to be willing to get involved um, you know but um, I mean other than that it's just uh, you, you, you have to uh, maybe have a few acting skills I would say <laughs> you yeah. know um, you know, because you're telling a story and you got to be part of that story in the ring. Exactly. Yeah. So when in so in the ring, um, how important is the communication between you, the guys in the ring, and what's ever happening behind the scene to keep this match to run perfectly smooth? Uh, very, very important. Um, you know, especially, uh, you know, a lot of these, a lot of the matches are timed, you know. Um, so, you know, you got to kind of, I mean, they're, they're working on what they're working on. Um, so it, it, it's up to me to help them stay on track, so to speak, and, and kind of throw out the, uh, 
the time situation, how much time's left and, and things like that. So I have a question about CWF in particular. Now you, I've talked to many promoter from different promotions around across the world, indie promotions and stuff. Now, is it the same with the CWF, even though they're a Christian organization, do they have all those people in the back in your ear telling you, Hey, this, this, and this, and the referee, the ref and the wrestlers are communicating in the ring, just like you see everywhere else. Yeah. We don't necessarily have the earbud in our ear, you know, but, uh, but we do, uh, uh, we, we do have that communication before we ever go out to the ring. Okay. All right. <clears throat> so, uh, when did you actually get started in the business? Um, I went to CWF, um, my ex-brother-in-law, whenever I first moved here, I stayed with my ex-brother-in-law and ex-sister-in-law whenever I moved to Dallas. <laughs> it, long story. I mean, it, it, he's, they're great, you know, um, but they allowed me to stay with them. And he took me to my first CWF show, which was the 10 year anniversary show for the CWF. And afterwards I went up to Rob Vaughn and I said, man, I've got to be involved in this somehow. And he said, well, we meet on Monday nights. We train, we have Bible study afterwards. He said, if you want to come be here Monday night, we'll see where you fit in, you know, and the rest is history. I mean, I've been going ever since. Gotcha, you, were, gotcha. you were a fan first then. I was. That's yes. awesome. That is awesome. That is so cool. So I kind of wanted to add to that real quick. It's our huge pop. Um, yeah. what, what made you want to do roughing instead of kind of get involved with the wrestling itself? Like to actually be a wrestler. Um, <laughs> I used the excuse that I was too old. But, but you know, that, that didn't work because uh, Rob and I are the same age. <laughs> <laughs> And he was, he was a wrestler. I used the, I used the excuse. Well, I'm too big or, you know, too fat is what I, but at the time, you know, Rob was big Rob. He wasn't little Rob, you know, so that didn't work. And then uh, I said, well, maybe it's just because I just want to rep. <laughs> and he said, you're in. <laughs> you know what it was? No, what it was was you were you're smart you're like no i'm not gonna do that no. that hurts Man, you know those, those guys i watch them on monday nights and uh whenever they're working out and they go through a brutal workout right so I, i'm gonna go go ahead and ask this question what do you i mean you're in the ring with these guys taking and they're taking the bumps and they're taking the falls and they're getting hit by whatever and they're hitting that steel cage so i've seen some steel cage matches there and you're in the ring, and so as a as a ref and as part of the promotion, what do you say to people that say this stuff is fake? I tell them that whenever they say it's fake, I tell them they need to step in that ring and let somebody put their head into the that steel cage, <laughs> or into one of those turnbuckles, or let somebody body slam them on that mat because. Uh, Yes, you know, people think that that thing's padded galore. It's not, you know, it might have a one inch pad on it. <laughs> um, so you've got to learn how to, you know, you've got to know how to take the bumps, the punches, the the, the hits into the, the ring or into the fence, things like that. So, uh, yeah, that irks me sometimes whenever people say it's fake. 
Yeah. I think Rob, I think um JT was saying that um it's like a yeah, sure, it's like a figure skating event when you have uh, dual figure skaters. The one that throws them up in the air has to catch her. Yes. If you don't catch her, it's you're gonna, gonna hurt. get hurt. <laughs> and all this and it's wrestling is like a figure skating event because it's all choreographed, sure. Yes, we all know the end results, sure, but yeah. something bad could happen, and it's just uh, they could take a hit to the turnbuckle the wrong way or something like that. So exactly, that's probably one of the best ways that I've ever been told about how, about it. So hey, I've seen guys, good. I've seen guys break their arms because they fell wrong. I've seen them blow out a knee. Um, you know, I mean, they ended up split open because chair shot might have been a little wrong. You know, or yeah. Things like that. So, yeah, it, it can be brutal. Yeah, those who want to say it's fake, you know, let's say you take a superplex off that top turnbuckle. Absolutely. Let's say you take a real chop from a big nope. man. <laughs> yeah, that's why he's a ref. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've taken a few bumps here and there. You know, over I the bet. Years. I bet. Yeah, I'm sure. So, um, have you rest? Have you ref for any other organizations but CWF or your solid CWF? Solid CWF. So with oh, yeah. that said, has there been any memorable or funny experiences from your time in the ring? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, the, those guys are always trying to get me to break character, okay. you know, because I'm in there and while we're waiting for the other wrestler to come to the ring, you know, one up and, and Phil, the real deal Bishop is probably was probably one of the worst ones about trying to get me to break character. Uh, but he would say things to me like, uh, so where are you taking me to dinner after this? Or, uh, <laughs> you know, or, you know, my wife's name is honey. Okay. Is what, what everybody knows her by. And he'd say, you know, I see honey standing up there in the sound booth, you know, things like that. But uh, and yeah. I'm just constantly just standing there going. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Kind of like when everybody tried getting uh, Undertaker to break his character, and he just never would. Yes. <laughs> yes. Try so hard. Right, repro. Yeah. Uh, so is there any time at all where you just, it, you feel like the roughing just, it, it's too hard. You're like, man, I don't know if I really want to do this anymore. Like, do you ever get that sometimes in there? There, there was a time that uh, whenever I first probably about a year after I'd came on as a ref, I ended up the only ref for a long, for about a six month period. So I was doing all the road shows with them. I was doing, you know, all of our monthly shows. I refed every match and it just got to where, I mean, it really wore on me. And uh, there was times that I wouldn't even get out of the ring to go back to the dressing room I would just sit down in the corner and wait for the next match to come out. <laughs> right. You know, bring on um, the next one. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, other than that, I, you know, I, I can't think of a time where I wanted to throw in my hat, so to speak, because, uh, you know, the, the ministry aspect of this wrestling organization, that's why I'm there, you know, and the, and the band of brothers that we have. Gotcha. 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 Um, how do you maintain control over the wrestlers and the flow of the match? Is that's got to be a responsibility for you, right? I just tell them, you know, I'm the ref. Don't put your hands on me, buddy. <laughs> I'll send you to the back, you know. <laughs> yes, yes. 
Just got to be that authority figure. There you go. Got to control everything. Yes. Right. <laughs> um, go ahead, Rick. Oh, so I was going to ask you, do you, do you like to try to get involved physically with them? Like maybe have they turn on you, body slam you, give you a clothesline? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's fun whenever those things happen. Um, but the main thing is, is like whenever they're in the, say they're in the corner choking the other one, you know, they've got until the five count or either I'm ringing the bell, you know, and a lot of them will push that to four and three quarters, you know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, so I have to get in between them and separate them, you know, sometimes. And uh, I mean, there's been times they've, they've come back and they've pushed me, but I've gone back and I've pulled a, uh, Earl Hepner on them, you know, and I've pushed them back and I've let them know, <laughs> hey, I'm in charge, you know. So now, how long, how much training did you have to go through? To, um, you must work every, you've got to be close to them to know when it's the, when that spot's going to happen as far as when you're going to get in the middle of something and you're going to receive a push. Now, how long did it take you to get to that part of being a ref that you, yeah, or does that make sense? Yeah, no, I understand. It, uh, you know, I come from a background of, of uh, I used to do a lot of acting, uh, it, you know, in melodramas and things like that from a small town that I used to live in in the Panhandle. Um, so it, it, it come pretty easy for me, you know, okay. to be able to be involved and 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 be the character that I needed to be, you know, in okay. there to make it, yeah. make it believable. Awesome. There you go. So I want to ask you about the, the ministry. So when did you uh, get started in the ministry, actually, before, before CWF? Oh, wow. Um, yeah, my, uh, my testimony, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty powerful. I, uh, I tell her whenever I give my testimony, I tell it, um, you know, that back in August of, uh, 2002, I, I started out by telling everybody I killed a man. Um, be, prior to that, I was living a totally different life. I was living the world. I was uh, I was probably a 24-pack-a-day beer drinker, okay? Um, yeah, a lot, lot of beer, um, you know. And then um, I was on the verge of losing a second marriage. And uh, my, my wife's granddad was a very big influence in my life. And uh, he just came over one night, took me out on a dirt road, and had a little coming to Jesus meeting with me. And he says, uh, boy, if you're going to, you know, you're not going to lose another marriage. You're not going to do this, you know, but if you continue, that's what's going to happen. Um, so they invited us to church. We started going to church with them. And uh, in August of 2002, I answered the call to give my life to Christ. And that's why I say I killed a man because I, I got rid of the old Terry and that, that that verse that I talked about a while ago, um, mm -hmm. and I get emotional <laughs> oh, um, because I felt like I was the only one in the room whenever that verse was being preached. And uh, it's funny, the pastor that was preaching that day, he actually graduated from Tascosa High School as well a year a year before I did, you know, and I knew of him. He knew of me, but we didn't really know each other. But that day I walked down that aisle. Um, I just knew it, that message was for me. So 
I tell everybody now that verse, instead of saying God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son for, for you, for us, I put it on a very, very personal basis. And I say, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son for me so that I would not perish so that I would have everlasting life. And my life's never been the same, you know, and uh, it took me, uh, I had to man up, you know, um, and my wife and three kids had to see that. They had to see that change. I mean, and I probably shouldn't say this, but I will. <laughs> but the F-bomb, it used to come out of my mouth every other word. And it's amazing how God can change you because uh, after I gave my life to Christ, that word, I, it, it just left my vocabulary, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and, and my family started seeing that and they're like, dad, we like the change we're seeing. You know, I wasn't going to the liquor store every day. Whenever I got off of work, I was spending time with them doing schoolwork, going to basketball games, you know? So whenever your family sees those things, they know it's real. It's not just a, a something you talk about. Yeah. Well, I appreciate yeah. that, and uh, love it, love it, man. Yeah. My pastor up north, up in north in Michigan, that I was, uh, that I studied under, and that I was a youth pastor under, and he would always say this, you know, because uh, that's one of my favorite verses too, John, John three sixteen. He goes, but you got to go further, seventeen and eighteen. Yeah, you know, it talks about he didn't come to condemn the world, he came to but save he it. came to save it. Yeah, you know, you're like, yes, you know, and. But no one wants to hear that part, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and um, I, I like what you just said because I talked to a guy last night on the podcast, and um, he said similar th- same thing to that you just did. Because I asked the question, so how important is wrestling? And he's like, dude, my it's not. It's not about that. It's about one. He goes, yeah. He goes, I have a kid. He has two kids. He has a wife. That's what's important. So yeah. For them to see the the guy that I am, the one that loves people, that's what's important to him, you know. So I love hearing what you said. You know, you, you had to put you put God first, and all the rest of the stuff. It is what it is. It comes together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My yeah. wife, I'm, I'm telling you, my wife hates wrestling. Okay, um, <laughs> she literally she does. I mean, of course, I I record it and watch it all the time, you know. And uh, I try to do it whenever she's not around, you know. Yeah, I try to respect that, but. Uh, but she she's involved with this ministry because she knows it's important to me and she knows the band of brothers that I have through this ministry. And then, and now she's a part of that same type of group with the women, you know, that, that are a part of this ministry as well. That's awesome. Yeah. So Uh, how much more, I mean, sorry, Rico. So CWF (laughs) and wrestling, where, how much more is CWF than wrestling? If that makes sense, is there? You guys must go to do school activities and. Oh yeah, yeah. Outreaches. Yeah, oh yeah. There's, uh, I mean, there's times that uh, you know we'll just be asked to come and speak at at different school events, you know, or different churches with, without the wrestling aspect of it. They just want to. They just want one of us to come and speak and and maybe tell about the ministry or or give our testimony, you know, things like that. So it's it's much more, much more than just the wrestling. 
No, I was just going to touch on how um, when you said, you know, how you killed the old you. Yes. And that's exactly what happens. We have to kill our old self and let us be reborn in his light and his vision. Yeah. You know, the first time I ever done that, <laughs> nobody had ever heard my testimony. And it was probably a year into this ministry. And uh, I got in the ring and I started that out. I said, hey, my name is Terry Blocker. Um, and back in 2002, I killed a man. Silence. I mean, even the rappers, <laughs> they come out of the dressing room and they're just standing there, you know, just bug eyed, you know. Um, but it, it's a, it's an attention getter. You know, I've done that at some youth. Um, whenever we've gone to church camps, I've used that. And it it'll definitely get your attention whenever you, you know, start things out that way. Well, I'll tell you what, it got my attention because JT, JT sent me the answer. He said, ask him, has he ever killed a man? I'm like, I uh, knew, I'm not going to do that. What the heck? He's going to set you up, man. I was like, no, I didn't ask him that question. You know, I'm like, but then he explained that what he meant. And I go, oh, okay, yeah, I get that now. Okay, so. Awesome. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's great. Um, I love that. Love that testimony, though, man. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I, you've got, I mean, we're all humans, so how hard is it? I mean, do you struggle at times? I mean, do you go? Every day. Every day, you know. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, it's so easy to get back into the world. Um, you know, work, for instance. I am. A, I work for TxDOT. I'm, I'm Dallas County Supervisor for the maintenance section for TxDOT. We cover about 3,500 lane miles of roadway. I have four offices that I oversee. I just recently hired two supervisors to kind of take some of my role on because I'm about two years from retiring, you know, hopefully, <laughs> Lord willing, you know, not that I'm going to quit work, but I'm going to, you know, uh, right. leave the position that I'm in. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, it, it's hard sometimes, you know, to, uh, but that's why it's important to surround yourself with, uh, with good Christian people, because I know that I can send a text out to those guys. I could send one out to them right now. And I promise you, tell them I need prayer on this. Bam. I know they're going to drop what they're doing and they're going to pray. You know, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I go, I got to say, I can't say JT enough, but um, he every day, hey, what can I pray for? What can I pray for? What can I pray for? You know? I told him my story about my son. You know, it's like, hey, what can I pray for you? Yeah. You know, so I, I know that you, what you said is true. So, um, and this is piggybacking off that. Can you share any insights into the relationships between you and the referees and Bob Vaughn? And how important is it to, to the, the mission of CWF to have great relationships with each other? Uh, you know, it's very, very important. Now, not not that we don't, uh, I mean, there's times that, uh, you know, Rob stepped on my toes, you know, and I've had to, to call him out, so to speak, um, or, you know, JT or, or the Guardian or, uh, but, but that's the beauty is, is, you know, you don't get mad and run off and just go do something else. You know, it's like if you have an argument with your brother, you know, are you going to pack his stuff and move him out? You'd like to. I know there was, there was times I wanted to do that to my brothers, you know. Yeah. But the next day you get up, you hug each other, and you go on, you know. 
Um, so yeah, it's important to, to build those relationships and, uh, um, know that you can have those tough conversations without somebody just, just running off. Now I've seen guys come and go from this ministry over the last 14 years. I've seen guys that have come in. It's about the wrestling. It's not about the ministry. Um, so they, they come in, they don't last because they're not willing to make that change you know, so to speak. Um, but then you see them a year or two later and they're like, man, I sure miss that ministry, you know, and uh, our doors are open. You know, we're not, we're not going to push them away. If they wanted to come back, we're going to welcome them back in. Now, are they going to be able to get right back in the ring again? You know, probably not. I mean, they're going to have to kind of, you know, prove themselves, so to speak, you know, mm -hmm. uh, but that's, it's what they have to do, you know. Yeah, yeah you, you kind of answered my next question was that how many guys do you actually get coming just for the wrestling that they end up actually turning their life over to the Lord? Like yeah, they, yeah. If they don't already know the Lord, you know, I've seen them. I've seen them turn their lives over to Christ, you know, at, at you know, I've, I've seen one do it at the very first show he was ever at, you know, uh, where any, you know, where he came in from the outside and. And, you know, and uh, he in the dressing room, he's seen that he's seen that some of the things and I'm I don't I'm not going to sound like I'm down in other wrestling organizations. I, I'm not. But there's just some things that go on that I've seen go on in some others in the dressing rooms that doesn't go on in our dressing room. You know, yeah. mm -hmm. one of the biggest things I'm impressed with, um, I, I, I got my first the first ever match CWF match I watched was the tag team tournament that you guys did about a, I think a month ago almost. Yes. And what I love about that is, you know, I mean, if I didn't know it was CWF or Christian Wrestling Federation, I'd think it was a regular promotion, indie promotion. You guys put on a great show. Just I'll just say that. Thank you. Wrestling is phenomenal. Yeah. But what yeah. I noticed the most was the end after the blood uh, after the Bible Club won the the event. They didn't stop there. Yeah. Rob Bond came into the ring and he had the he had a Bible in his hand. And you guys just preached the gospel for I don't know how long, but it was uh, and you could just see that the, the <coughs> parts that you guys touched. Yep. And with the storylines and how you guys portrayed the whole thing, and I'm like, that is one cool organization that I'm proud to be part of, and I'm so I just have to say that that's probably one of the most impressive things I've ever watched. Nice. nice. That was. It's crazy, and it's just—I mean, I don't know. I mean, well, people, we have, that, of, we have a lot of people that come to our shows that would never step foot in a church, right? You know, they I just mean, came for the wrestling. Yeah, yeah, I, you know. Um, so it, it's awesome to see people. I mean, we've seen over sixty thousand lives in twenty-four years. They have, you know, sixty thousand lives that's been saved because of this tool that God has allowed us to use. Yeah. Which is wrestling with the message. Yep. That was what yeah. we to say. Up in Michigan, we had Stan Strength team that was a the strong man. They oh, ripped yeah. the telephone yeah. books and they bent the iron and stuff like that. And I got to talk to those guys because they were they worked with our church. And I asked that question about what what do you guys what's your goal? And he says, you know what? Listen, we we, we they opened up, they did a show at the armory or whatever, and people came. I mean hundreds and hundreds of people came. And he said, Man. Because if one person here gets it, yeah. it's a victory. It's all about that one. You could have mm -hmm. 
thousand people in that room, and if one person, you know, I don't care. He goes, I don't care if it's one or six hundred. Yeah. And that's one. That's the lesson my pastor preached taught me when I when I had my first youth event. You can have one or you can have fifty. It don't matter. They're all in that room. Someone's hearing something. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And if one person hits gets it, that's it. That's yeah. what I, when I was working with the youth, that's what I was being taught was they may not step forward, but as long as you plant that seed, yes. you get the seed planted, you just watch it blossom. Absolutely. And it's, and it's cool to see that plant, that seed planted in CWF guys that come to a wrestling show. Yeah. You know, that's just, just mind blowing to me. That's so crazy good. And I love that. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's the craziest match you've ever been part of? Oh. <laughs> I, you know, one of the one of the funniest, I guess, uh, would be uh, was a table match inside of a cage, Ooh. and um, the two wrestlers, you know, they had they had uh, man, they had beat each other up and threw each other on that table and in the corner and everything, and that table wouldn't break. <laughs> it oh. wouldn't break for nothing, you know. Um, and this went on for a good while, and finally. One of the wrestlers took his opponent and threw him into the corner and he flipped. And whatever he did, I'm telling you, a corner of the table about two inches big broke off of that table. And I'm like, ring the bell. <laughs> you know, that, like I'm that's like, it. It just wouldn't break. Oh, man. And that yeah. has to hurt when it doesn't oh, break. Yeah. You, know, you plan on that table breaking for a reason. Oh, that hurts worse. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but, it, but it's fake, right? That's fake. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah you don't have saying. that giveaway where the table breaks. No. You just slam. You're like, yeah. Oh. yeah, it'll oh. take your breath away. You know, that's for I sure. Bet. I bet. Well, have you guys, speaking of that, have you guys ever had a match where somebody actually seriously got hurt? And did you stop the show and just, you know, let, we need to take care of this person? Or did you just keep going? No. I mean, if somebody's seriously hurt, um, you know, and I, I can't say that I've ever actually experienced that in my 14 years. Now, we had somebody that broke their arm in practice one night that I remember, you know, and we just kind of, you know, stopped what we was doing um, and, and got attention for him. But, uh, I mean, there's been times that I've had a guy that, that you know, hurt his knee, you know, and, and I mean, for real, he couldn't carry on, you know, so you you throw up the X and – you know, everybody knows, hey, that that's not the way the match was supposed to finish, but this guy can't continue, you know, and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it just kind of goes on from there, you know. Um, but as far as seriously, <laughs> yeah, I can't think of anything, you know, off the top of my head, which well, that's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a good thing. Yeah. With the exception of Rob, uh, you know, having his ordeal, couple of years ago you know after wrestling i'm sure he went into that with you guys right i have not had a chance to interview rob oh well i don't want to spoil it then (laughs) i'm not looking forward to that day oh yeah so how do you handle i mean okay so we talk about um the table not breaking we talk about um throwing up the x um there's got to be times when two wrestlers i don't care whether you're with cwf or whatever promotion with that there's disagreements Oh yeah. And how, if it happens in the ring, how do you handle that? I, I just ask them to, 
you know, if I notice something like that, if I notice the two guys, you know, let's say this guy throws a punch wrong and really, really hits the guy versus, you know, grazing him. Um, I mean, he really co-cocks him. Um, you know, well, he 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 knows he's going to be getting the payback. I mean, it's just every season it is. You know, um, so I'm over there going, you know, calm down, think about this before this happens. You know, uh, whenever I got one of them in the corner, things like that. So you know, you try to talk them off the cliff, so to speak. But the payback's coming. I promise you. <laughs> 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 we may be Christians, but the payback's coming. Yeah, right? the payback's coming. <laughs> You're gonna feel this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that reminded me of that uh, 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 Randy Orton Undertaker story where Randy really got him with the chair and ended up cutting his forehead open. Mm-hmm. And Mark just looked at him and said, "It's coming back to you. It's you won't know back. when, but I'll let you know." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, Rick up. So, do you guys? Oh, Sorry, do you guys ever uh, think about CWF um, opening up in different states, not just in Texas and traveling everywhere, but actually having it open in different state, other states? You know, that would be a, that would be a Rob question, I think, because uh, I, I mean, I know that we we have a, you know, we CWF Lubbock, um, which is one of the guys that, that was with Rob whenever Rob first started this ministry. And they have a CWF Lubbock. Um, those guys come here a lot. We go there. Um, but as far as other states, I think, uh, I don't know, personally, I think to keep the personal person personal part of it, um, you know, I would kind of, personally, I would hate for that to happen because you kind of get too big and then it becomes about the, the wrestling versus, you know, versus but now we'll, we'll travel anywhere. I'm telling you. All they got to do is pick up the phone and call us, and bam, we're, we're there. He's tempting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you say something? You say you said a senior. <laughs> Bring it this way, man. Yeah. Bring it that way, yeah. yeah. I mean, well, I'm right down the road. I mean, up, I'm up the up Texas and across the I-10. I mean, I you know, bring it to Destin or something. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we yeah. got sandy beaches, right? Yeah, right. just, you know, just – just get somebody to sponsor us, and you know, I mean, uh, you know, because I mean, obviously, we are. A, I mean, we're we're a. Our ministry is supported by donations, you know, and uh, man, I mean, I, <laughs> you know, my wife teases and she says, "If I ever hit the lottery," and I'm like, "Honey, you got to buy a ticket to hit the lottery." <laughs> but, uh, she says, "If she ever hits the lottery, she's going to build us a great big old uh, shindig of a place," you know, and. Uh, I, I look forward to that, but I don't think she'll ever buy a ticket. So, you know. <laughs> well, I, I, I kind of, you know, go with Huge Pop on that, have like a, a beach show to set up oh. something outside and have a beach show. Hey, now we've been to NASCAR. You know, we have uh, we went to Atlanta um, and we set up out in the fan zone okay. for NASCAR. And the funny thing about that was we did a show every a 10 minute, 10 to 15 minute show every hour for about nine hours straight. Okay. Wow. As soon as we right before we finished our last show, the skies opened up, started pouring down rain. It was three days before they got that race off, but we were headed back home. <laughs> there you yeah. go. <laughs> so it was pretty awesome. And and to look up at first, the first match. 
we probably had 10 people standing around the ring. By the time that last match took place, I I bet there were 600 people standing around the ring. Love it. It was unbelievable. Yeah. That's awesome right there. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So obviously wrestling is determined outcomes. Um, and you guys, you guys meet on Mondays to talk about the sat next, this, the upcoming weekend shows. And are you part of the conversation, how the outcome is going to be? Yeah. Yeah. All, all the referees are a part of that conversation. Rico. Well, so is it, do you guys have like any of your, uh, you know, how other organizations, some business gets leaked out and you kind of find out who's going to win or who's surprises or do you guys ever, does that ever happen to you where you want a surprise to happen in the, the wrestling part of it and people already know about it. So they're not so surprised. Uh, you know, I, I can tell you if we ever got wind of that, we're going to change something up because, <laughs> because we want to keep that surprise aspect to it, you know? Um, so I, I, I don't I don't think it's ever happened though. I mean that that I'm aware of. Um, you know I, I yeah I, I don't think so. Hey, I'm gonna slide on real quick. That's just one of the things I truly miss about the wrestling is the surprises you get uh, with all this social media and everything. You're kind of in advance a week ahead, <laughs> not without even trying to look. It's just kind of posted everywhere. You're like ah, right, yeah. Right. I kind of wanted to find that out when I watched it. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, that those spoilers, man, they're not any good. No, no. <laughs> no, yeah, no. <laughs> now in wrestling, I, I've watched several. Um, the, like the big event was the tag match. Um, I've seen cage matches with CWF. I've seen hardcore matches. Now there's all kinds of wrestling matches. As a referee. Does it does it change your style of running things based on the style of match? And how hard is that to keep things, you know, in line as far as getting prepared for a hardcore, prepared for a tables match or a cage match? Yeah, you because you've got a you you know you, it, hardcore match. You know, um, I mean, anything goes. You know, you, so I mean, there's times if especially if you're repping multiple matches. Um, you know, in an evening, you definitely don't want to get one of them messed up with the other, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, you do need to make those adjustments to those different types of matches. You know, the cage matches that we do, you're in that confined space with, with the wrestlers. You, so your, your area is shortened, so to speak, and, you know, and you've got to give them their space or got to stay out of their way, you know, um, whenever there's falls count anywhere, you know, uh, you've got to be willing to get out of that ring and, and follow them wherever they go, you know, and, and at the same time, you're trying to keep people back to give them enough room to do what they need to do. Right. So yeah, you've, you've got to be, be able to make those adjustments on the fly. So it's timing and pacing yourself. Very important to getting yes. through different events. Absolutely. Even as a ref, I've got to believe that you've got to be in some kind of good shape to go, if you got to get out of that rain to go chase somebody, yeah. I mean, so I learned a long, I learned a long time ago. Don't mow my yard on Saturday morning whenever we have a show in the evening. <laughs> there you go. There you go. No, I'll be too tired out. That's it. Yeah. There you go. 
Rico. Sorry. Go ahead. So how do you handle the pressure of making split second decisions in front of a live audience? Like if something you go, oh man, we got it. We got to change something. Yeah. Um, you just, you just do. I mean, you just, you, you, you have to be ready to make that adjustment. I mean, there was, I remember there was one time there was a mat. Now this is whenever I first started refereeing, uh, this team was supposed was was the ones that was supposed to win, mm-hmm. but you know if, if I'm counting to three and they don't lift their shoulder or kick out, my job's to count to three, right? Mm-hmm. Their their job to kick out. Well, I remember I was the bad guy because they were actually supposed to win the tournament, and they got put out the second match they were in because they didn't kick out, and it was very obvious, you know that I mean. Whenever you say three and their shoulders still down to seven, you supposed to do. <laughs> yeah, I did what I was supposed to do. You know, you can't um, do the one, two. You're looking at them like, come on, anytime. <laughs> yeah, you, you're you supposed can't count to that slow up. without taking a rep bump. I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, man. Absolutely not. Probably so, not. You said that you're still a fan of wrestling. So outside of CWF, what is probably your favorite storyline right now that's going on? Um, you know, I'm I'm <laughs> I I'm a big fan of LA Knight right now. You know, yeah. yeah. Storyline they're telling with that dude right now is uh I mean it's phenomenal. And I just hope that they carry it on, you know. Um, but now there's something. I mean, I'll fast forward through a lot of the stuff because I just don't want to listen to the trash. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. I, I want to watch the wrestling part of it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, so that's mainly why I record it because I just don't want to listen to a lot of the stuff that goes on. I love the bloodline story because it, it's so Bloodline's sur- good. it's so it's so sur- surreal, I guess is the right word. Because I have a brother, he's younger than me, you know, and 99% of the time we love each other. <laughs> well, we, we love each other all the time. 99% of the time we get along. Yeah, there you go. But there are those, there's those headbutting, there's these headbutting things that, um, you know, are like so, like what they're saying, you know, Jimmy and Jay, and, you know, there's you're going to have conflict, and it's, yeah. I, to me, what they did on Friday night was amazing. It was phenomenal, yes. Like, what Jay going, deuces. Yeah. Yeah, know, what so. was, what, sorry, what was going on with that? Seriously. Because well, <laughs> he said, I'm out of WWE. Yeah. yeah. That deuces. right there just had my wheels spinning. I said, what? Deuces, <laughs> ooses. Yeah. <laughs> so, guess what? You're going to come back Friday night, aren't you? <laughs> so yeah, that, that that segues into my next topic. Um, CWF, how important they do storylines, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. And how important are our storylines to CWF? Uh, very, you know, very. Like, uh, I mean, we're 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 transitioning right now with with some of our storylines, you know, because the, uh, um, you know, like with uh, Ryan Hart. Um, being the the world title holder and and things like that. So, uh, um, and then his and, you know, his relationship with some others and then the Bible club, you know, they're, 
they they've come together because Johnny was the the world champion, but now he's gone more into the the tag team side of things, you know, with Big Fitz and uh, um, you know, so yeah, the storylines are important and it helps keep the people coming back. Mm-hmm. You know, they they get intrigued. They're like, oh, I want to yes. know what's going to happen next week. Yes, Big Fitz, man. Yeah, I like Big Fitz. He's a, a big he's dude, a, man. The character, dude. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I don't know if, if he ever turned on somebody, man. That'd be epic as all get out. So, man, man, I was just imagining a chop by him. Nope. Oh my gosh. Nope. <laughs> hey, I've been in there whenever he's giving that chop to some guy, and I mean, I you. I don't know how many of the videos you've watched, but I'll stand there and I just cringe. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I felt that over here. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> What, what advice would you What advice would you give someone that wants to become a professional wrestling referee? I, I would say go for it. Um, just just come out. Uh, I mean, if you want to be a part of the CWF, just come out on Monday nights. You know, um, if it's with any other wrestling organization, just go, 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 open the door, be a part of it. You know, um, it, it's a lot of fun. I mean, like I said, you've got to. You're not only you're not only you know, in there with athletes. Um, but you've also got to to know how to to be a part of that storyline, um, you know, in character and out of character, you know, as far as uh, whenever you're in the ring and out of the ring. Mm-hmm. So I would just encourage them to go for it. Don't don't let anybody tell you you can't do it. You never know unless you try. Absolutely. You really- You'll always sit there and wonder, man, what if, what if? Yep. Yeah. And that, uh, you were talking about the LA night. Do you guys, it just really reminds me of the attitude era, just the way he is on the microphone and his wrestling. He can back it up with his wrestling, but he's got that microphone skills from the attitude era. I just love. Yeah. I love it, man. (laughs) It's great. (laughs) So I, I ask a lot of people this just because, I don't know. I love storytelling. I love the storylines. And but it's just if they do it correctly, when you have a team that splits up, what would you say your favorite team split up was in any organization? Oh man. Wow. I don't know. I'd probably have to go back to the NWO days. Yes, yes. Hogan, Daytona Beach, Hogan coming down yeah, and wrapping that leg. Yeah. That was probably one of the best storylines ever told. You that, know. that right there, see, that right there was a surprise. Yes. Nobody had a clue. Yeah, none. Zero, zilch. Yeah, it and was. Uh, that's what made, I think just made it so much better. You're like, yeah. oh, Hogan, the hero. Yeah. <laughs> nope. No. Do storylines in CWF lead into the message at the big events from Rob and you guys? Do those do they unfold into the message? Sometimes, you know, we 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 try to go that direction, so to speak. Um, I had the privilege of uh, I had the privilege of speaking at our kids' camp. Uh, they just had their kids show. Mm-hmm. Uh, a week or so ago after going through the kids camp and, and everything. And, and we actually crowned a, uh, a, uh, his, uh, a gentleman and ladies champion, you know, for the kids. And, uh, 
uh, I had the privilege of speaking the message after that. And it was uh, basically talking about keeping your eye on the prize, you know, and whenever it comes to, to God, you know, you keep your eye on the prize. You keep your eye on that heavenly uh, goal that we have. And that's to, you know, to be, be sitting in heaven with, with uh, our Lord and Savior. So, yeah, it, it was pretty cool. Yeah, I like that. So have you ever got to um, uh, share a message with uh, somebody from another organization who is deep in the word, like uh, like Shawn Michaels, but like somebody like that, where you've just uh, you've been at the same event or something like that, or you guys have just gotten to talk and. Uh, no, not with, you know, not like Shawn Michaels or, uh, but Lodi, you know, Lodi, um, he, he's actually a part of our organization, but he was with what WCCW for years, you know, mm -hmm. uh, but man, the, to, to hear that guy talk and, uh, uh, to hear his testimony, um, and then just quick story. My daughter was sitting at the airport one day. Uh, here in Dallas and uh, load. Well, actually it was in North Carolina. She was waiting to come back to Dallas. Well, Lodi and a couple of guys were coming this way as well. They recognized my daughter, you know, because my daughter grew up coming to our CWF shows. But the beauty there is, was she had, she had just been through a struggle with alcohol. Well, she, at that time, she was probably 60 days sober at that time now she's going on three years i think awesome um, awesome but um lodi recognized her began talking to her and he he told hit some of his story to her which was really touching to her you know um so yeah it <clears throat> so i've had the privilege of uh yeah, getting to hear some pretty good stories. Michael Tarver, um, his his story, you know, and uh, to be able to share a dressing room with them, yeah. you know, um, yeah, it, it's pretty awesome. Just knowing, hey, he was a part of the WWE at one at one time. Yeah. You know? yeah. mm -hmm. There he is. He's in our dressing room, you know, yeah. and, and and to hear his testimony. Um, so yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. That is awesome, and it is, man. like Chad Lyle. I mean, Gunner. He, yeah, he, he directed. Yeah, he's a great man. I did not realize his his story was. I to this day, it's one amazing story, and what he's doing, and stuff like that. No, and I've been. I'll be honest with you, Lodi. I've been. I I sent him a message. You know, hey, would you like you know? But he's never responded. So I'm praying that maybe through CWF, yeah, Rob and you know. JT and everybody can hook me up to send them. I'd love to hear his story on on this podcast. So. Yeah, he just went through open heart surgery. Yeah. Oh, really? oh my gosh. So yeah. hopefully, hopefully, um, he watches. Hopefully, something happens where I could get him on here so we can hear his story about. Yeah. His, oh, oh, that that could be a great testimony to listen to. Co-ops, you know, there's some there there's some of the others, you know, that I've had the privilege of standing in the ring with them, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and and to hear 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 their story it's yeah, just yeah amazing, it's a blessing yeah, yeah. um just, this is like a go ahead sorry oh, no, I, was, I was saying it's just nice and like when you hear it from other organizations that i mean because you guys are all about it but when you hear about it in wwe you know impact something like that somebody who you 
would never think you'd like Mark Kellaway in his Hall of Fame speech. Yeah. That right there, like you've never heard that ever come yeah. out of his mouth. So that just just that was awesome. Awesome. Just yeah. to hear him say that, man. I was like, wow. Absolutely. Yeah. What is the important lesson experience you've learned or had been during time of wrestling referee at CWF that would that helps you get through the ministry? And I guess my basically my big question is other than CWF referee, is there any part of the ministry that you belong to that you're part of that is an expansion of what you do? Uh, you know, um, I, I just, I, I love people. I love loving on people, you know, and uh, being able to pray for people, uh, being able to uh, get to know people. You know, I'm an, I'm an elder in, in the church that I attend. And, uh, you know, so it's kind of the same aspect there. You've got to, you know, you've got to be there to lead and shepherd. And, and I feel like that's one of my roles in the CWF is being one of the, uh, the more seasoned, <laughs> you know, guys. Uh, um, I hate using the term older, <laughs> you know, but uh, more seasoned. Uh, it, it's to be there for the younger guys to help help support them and and maybe help them to not have to go through some of the garbage I went through, you know, mm-hmm. to, yeah. to get here. And you know, I tell them all the time. You know, it. I have struggles every day. You know, um, you know, my wife and I. I thought we had a pretty perfect marriage, but we went through a reengaged class, you know, to become instructors just a few months ago. And I found out where our marriage wasn't as perfect as we thought it was, you know, (laughs) which is awesome because since then our marriages went up to a different level, you know, because we've, we've opened those doors back up and allowed God to come back into it versus us trying to do our own thing. That's so easy to fall into that trap, you know? And um, I mean, yeah, we talk about being in the world and, it is so easy to be in the world. Yeah. I mean, it's everywhere, you know, and, you know, I got, like I said, I was telling uh, my wife, it's so easy because God will tell you, Hey, he'll live. He lifts you up. He's always there for, he's never, you know, what that should be positive, you know, and there's times you go, I don't know. They get down on yourself and you're like, this is the world. Stop. This is the world talking to you. Yeah. It's in your ear. You need to get that out of your ears. So, yeah. Um, how has being a ref at CWF impacted your perspective on the sport of wrestling and in your walk with Jesus? Oh man, I I think as far as the sport goes, it gives me it it's given me a totally different perspective what the wrestlers go through. Um, you know, um, as far as the the workouts that they have to do, the the way you take the bumps, the way you I mean, there there's you, you know, beginning in my career. But I, I took RKO, you know, from one of the wrestlers, you know, and uh, leading up to that, they had to show me how to take that properly so I wouldn't get hurt, you know. And uh, so two shows in a row, I took this from a wrestler. Well, I had enough. I said, OK, the next show, I'm giving it back to him. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so there's a video out there somewhere where I'm actually straight up in the air, you know, giving this. You know, and I was 40 pounds heavier at that time. So, uh, you know, um, but uh, yeah, it's just the perspective is just, you know, just, I don't know, just um, knowing what they go through, 
you know, and, and being there to be, be able to help support them and, and tell them, Hey, you know, you, you, you did this wrong. I mean, I've been around long enough to where I feel like I can tell the wrestlers, especially the younger guys, Hey, you need to do this. You need to work on this, you know? And I think they respect that. That's nice. man. be able to just teach the younger generation and help them move on to the next phase. Yeah. That's like a ministry in itself. I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. There's gotta be guys that come in there. Like Rico said earlier, you know, that are just like lost and that, and Rob and you guys give them a chance to, showcase their talent but in hindsight the main goal is to help this guy get his life saved yep Mm -hmm. and turned over so that's great that's awesome man hook Um, line sinker yeah there you go (laughs) one two three (laughs) there's probably a lot of a lot of them that you know going there they didn't know that they were being called there yet they just wanted to go wrestle yes and they start, you know, getting witness to, and they're like, "Man, now their life's just open up to all these, uh, all these true blessings." Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, I can I tell you, I was one of those guys that um, I was up in Michigan. We moved to Harrison. I had a lung disease, and I was on oxygen. And I we went to a church retreat, and I didn't realize the church retreat was how the pastor of the church was a roofing company. He owned a roofing company in Harrison, so or. That was that week went came and went and everything was great. We were blessed, blah blah blah. And um, he shows up in my driveway, and he says, "Hey, how you doing?" I said, "Great." Blah blah. blah. We talked. We had a little conversation. He goes, "I understand." He goes, "I cannot imagine how it must feel to be a man in a house that can't can't do nothing, can't hardly do anything." Because I was real, I was on oxygen, you know, oh, I couldn't wow. do a lot, and you know, and it's like he goes, "I a man that would want to." Be, how, how hurtful you feel because you can't go out and do that. He goes, but I have the perfect opportunity for you because I own a roofing company. If you want to come into the shop, I'll, I'll pay you to, to sort screws. And I was like, okay. So I showed up. He goes, be there Monday morning at 7 a.m. I'm like, okay, I'll be there Monday morning at 7 a.m. I was excited. I got up. We got, went to, went to the, uh, the shop. And, uh, the first thing they were doing, he goes, okay, thank you for coming. He goes, we're going to start, we start every day with a Bible study and prayer. Nice. He set the hook. <laughs> I bet <laughs> he reeled me in. And from there, all these opportunities came about, like the church van. It's not, someone needs to ride a church van. Would you like to ride the church van? That'd make, how would that help you? I'm like, great, blah, blah, blah. Before you knew it, I was in the youth ministry, running his youth and preaching to the youth. And it was just open up every service and it was just he he had a goal <laughs> and I'm, I'm i'm forever thankful for that for pastor jerry Britton. i'm forever thankful That's but i good. but it was the same thing you know invite me there this this and this and then it's been history since then and it's just been an amazing relationship matter of fact we still come we still communicate he's probably one of the guys that i always go to if i have a have something that i need to talk about so that yeah. leads me to my question who in your church, who in the CWF is that guy that you would go to to talk? You know, um, as far as the ministry goes, um, JT. J- JT, um, you know, JT and I, we've always had a really good relationship, um, you know. And, I mean, I can, I can bring up the dirt, 
<laughs> you know, or I can, you know, he knows whenever I'm trying to sugarcoat things and I, I feel like I know him that well, you know, also. Um, but either uh, him, you know, him, Phil, the Guardian, or Rob, you know. Uh, yeah. Well, there's a couple other guys, you know, that, that you know, were a part of the ministry or still are. They just hadn't had been involved here lately. Um, but we're, we're the old guys, <laughs> the way I look at it, you know. And uh, uh, But, you know, I know I, I have a little text with those two guys, you know, Stacy and Rodney. And we just continue to lift each other up, you know. Um, yeah, and the, but but it takes a it takes an army to run one of these shows. I mean, you got the sound people, you know. We got the people at the front door. We've got the concession people. We we got the the announcers. We've got the uh, you know um, the people at the uh, the table, you know, uh, doing commentary, you know, for our live feed and things like that. It's just. So it's it, it and none of those jobs are any more important than the other. And that's what we try to tell everybody, you know. Yeah, the wrestlers, it's their job to tell a story. It's a referee's job to try to keep order. But those jobs are not any more important than the sound guys, you know, the the people taking uh bring bringing people in at the door, things like that. So it's it's just one big ministry. That's awesome, man. Rico, you have anything last this last no, he actually just answered it. <laughs> so, <laughs> but no, I know I just I truly really appreciate you taking the time come on a show with us and just you know giving your testimony Man, and just talking you. about what what CWF is really about. You know, it's yeah. not about the wrestling; it's about the ministry. Wrestling is fun, yes, but it's about yeah. spreading that message. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's all about that tool. You know, God, God, God laid this vision on Rob's heart. 24 years ago and thank God he listened, you know, yes, we've seen them. I mean, I've been a part of this for a long time and I've seen it to where they're just about, I mean, he's ready to just shut the door, you know, but God's like, nah, nah, no, this is, this is me. This is not about you. You know, <laughs> I can add that same, you know, my wife, I, I share the search. She's probably listening, but, um, First time we were in the youth, we were in childcare for one one year. This is our first year in childcare, and uh, she's like, we had a group of girls that we were taking care of. They were mean, 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 but we kept on pouring and kept on pouring and kept on pouring. In, you know, it was, but it, it came to the point where it was like they're not listening. You know, it was mean, mean, mean. One day they had my wife backed into a corner, calling her every little name you could call, every name you could hear. You couldn't even imagine. I came upstairs. She looked at me. She took her sandals off. She threw them on the ground. She was, I'm done. I'm walking back to Michigan. <laughs> so she walked down the road. And you had to walk down this big road and turn to the left, and you could walk off campus. She got off. It was Bethel Bible Village in Hickson, Tennessee. <laughs> she walked off campus, and she says, barefoot. And she, God spoke to her heart. She goes, those are my sandals. You're walking. You just threw me away. Oh, wow. Now go get your husband. Yeah. and help out and do what you were called to do yeah she immediately turned around <laughs> she walked home she walked up she goes <laughs> and then she'll tell the story all the time it's like so you know we don't think we're making the world a change but we really are oh yeah so with that said mm -hmm. man i thank you so much first of all how'd you, you get, how'd you get the name hoss 
Well, uh, long story, I guess. Uh, my dad was second cousins with uh, Dan Blocker huh? from Bonanza. Okay. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, and that, uh, and that's what I've been called ever since I was. It was either Spanky or Hoss whenever I was growing up. <laughs> uh, Hoss is better. I like Hoss. Yeah, Hoss is there better. you go. Hoss is better. I got the so, girth, but I didn't get the height. You know. There you go. So, um, I would like Hoss to close the show up. Thank you guys. Thank you, huge pop wrestling podcast. Thank you guys. Um, is there anything you feel on your heart to share as we exit out of this interview? No, I mean, I would like, if, if you'd allow me to, I'd like to just say a short prayer. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. All right. All right. Yeah. Father God, we come to you right now, Lord, just giving you all the praise and glory, Lord. Uh, Father, man, we just thank you for Scott and Rico, Lord. We thank you that, uh, uh, man, that they do this, uh, Father, this uh, huge pop um, uh, podcast. Father God, we just ask that you just be with them, Lord. Uh, Father God, continue to carry them and, uh, Father, we thank you that they're willing to open up their doors and, and their ears and, and their community to uh, what CWF is all about, Father God. We thank you for those that are listening. Um, Lord, we just ask that you, you know, you just bring those back next week that you want to be here, Lord. And uh, Father God, we just ask that you just help us to continue to draw closer to you, continue to allow your word to grow in our hearts and our minds, Lord. Yes. And Father God, you tell us, go out into the world and be the light. So, uh, Father, we just uh, do that. And I want to ask a special prayer for Dylan Ingle. Uh, mm-hmm. Father God, we just ask that you be with him, Lord, be with his family. Uh, man, uh, I, I can't imagine, uh, Father. So I just ask that you be with them through this uh, loss that they're going through, Lord. And uh, thank you for Rico for being able to share that. Again, Father, I lift up these guys. I thank you for them. I thank you, thank what, you for what they're all about. In your precious son's name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, you guys. I appreciate you you guys. Jesus Christ's gift. Nobody comes to the Father except through me.